Oi, oi, and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast with myself, Steve Nussbaum. As always, I'm joined by my good friend, Southstand Chum, the bearded Lejande, the one and only, the daddy-o. It's Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. This is episode number 276. And as always, thanks to everyone who tuned into last week's show. This week, again, we've got two games to review. Loads and loads of views, obviously, from the last couple of games. Uh, plus a bit of news to round up in case you've missed anything from the past week or so. But as always, we kick off with a word from our sponsors. Yeah, we certainly do. The podcast is proudly sponsored by HF Plastering, who are an Essex-based plastering and rendering company that cover all aspects of domestic and commercial work. They specialise in silicone colour render systems. And the best part is that they offer 15% off for all Leighton Orient fans and staff. So if you need any plastering or rendering work done, get in touch with Adam and the boys. You can email them at hfplastering.outlook.com or you can go and look at their website, which is www.hfplastering.co.uk or the boys are on social media. They're on uh, Facebook and on Instagram, HF Plastering. And Adam himself is on Twitter under Big Ads with a Z, L-O-F-C for your honoured... And you're deserved 15% off this house. Absolutely. So the supporters club are running two coaches. One is going to Hartlepool. The other is going to Forest Green because we have got two away games up next. We are going to Hartlepool on Saturday the 12th of March. Coaches are going to be leaving at 7.30. That's going to be for a three o'clock kickoff. That is a long journey. That adult fare is £43. Concessions of £40. Then on Tuesday the 15th of March, coaches leave at 2 o'clock for the game at Forest Green Rovers. That's a kickoff of 7.45. Adult fares on that one are £33 and £30 concessions and obviously those prices don't include your match day tickets. Now you can uh, book for this calling the travel line on 07 Nicely done, nicely done. So that was the Supporters Club update. Two pieces of AOB this week. First up, we'd just like to wish Danny Macklin the best of luck for the future. He left his role, finally finished, finally got out of town uh, yesterday after uh, the Stevenage game. A great four years, I think everyone, or hopefully everyone will all agree, uh, the progress that the club has made under Danny. So we'd just like to take this opportunity to wish him all the best in his new venture. And I guess to also wish Nucio... Mark Devlin, a happy and healthy reign as Orient Absolutely. CEO. Successful. And hopefully there'll be many, many happy memories for Mark to make. But Danny, yeah, all the best, mate. You've been a, a great source uh, you know, of enjoyment for O's fans, yeah. the progress you've made, the communication, the open communication. I think 100%. no one can accu- accuse him of shying away no. for that. So all the best to Mr. Macklin. You might not like everything that he had to say, but he was honest. Yeah. He was genuine with it all, and he has genuinely moved... The, uh, the dial forwards for this football club commercially uh, as well as setting the standard of communication because I think as Orient fans it, it has to be said we're really spoiled with the level of comms that we get from the club I don't think you get this level from any other club uh, at all so Danny yep thanks very much for everything and, and support for the podcast as well it's been fantastic uh, and today is a very happy birthday to North Stand season ticket holder Stu Hebron so happy birthday Stu we hope you had a great time in the Legends Lounge yesterday and uh, many more happy, healthy birthdays for you. Yeah, so let's move on into a busy week that was at the O's, starting on Happy Monday, the 28th of February, 
This one wasn't a, uh, <laughs> a, busy, a busy one. This one wasn't a busy one. A quiet day at the club. No news to report. <laughs> so let's move on then to Tuesday, the 1st of March. Jeff Tatanga was recalled from his loan spell at Sutton Common Rovers. He went straight into the Orient squad for the evening's game against Colchester. Yeah, so the main event, as you all would have known, was Colchester away. The team was announced for this one at 6.45 with Lawrence Vigoro in goal at the back. Adam Thompson, Omar Beckles, George Ray... Connor Wood, centre mid, Ethan Coleman, Matt Young, Darren Prattley, with Otis Khan, Ross Satoru, and Harry Smith making up the rest of the 11. On the bench, we had Byrne, Ogie, Moss, Kiprianu, Paul Smith, Jet Tatanga, and Iberio. Yeah, that meant there were three changes from the starting 11 who lost to Carlisle, as in came Ross Satoru, Adam Thompson, and Matt Young. Out went Aaron Drynan, Theo Archibald, and Hector Kiprianu. Paul Smith was named on the bench, along with the academy duo Obiero and Tanga. So there was a few surprises uh, in there. I mean, Paul Smith, they kept that one under wraps nicely, didn't they? It was, I thought he was out for pretty much the season and comes back just out of the blue on the subs bench. So that would have been yeah. a massive boost. At the point at that moment where I saw the team announce, I was like, mm. where's Drynan? Mm. Obviously, they say he's injured after. But I think people looking at kind of his attitude lately and not the best of form, I just think he completely dropped out of the squad. So like he was is injured. That injured in inverted speech marks, or is he genuinely inverted? Oh. Genuine, genuinely yeah. injured. Although Matt Harold did say post yesterday that he should be back for next week. So is that because he's been rest? Like there's there's a as, as much as we've just said how good at communication the club are. Sometimes <laughs> they talk but don't actually say yeah, enough of what you need to know. Absolutely, Riley go. missing again. again. This was I think when you say injury for this one, you believe it because he's always injured basically. Perennial so injury. the uh, Mysterio of Callum Riley continues. <laughs> I thought Ogie could count himself unlucky. I don't think Ogie <coughs> has done anything particularly wrong to find himself on the Agreed. bench. Um, so I thought Ogie might be worth a start. I think Rudd kind of struggled towards the end of the Carlisle game. But big chance for some of the youngsters in there. You know, Tango Neberia, who had been looking at that bench going, well, can't believe I'm part of that squad. But mm. I also noted, where's Dan and Krumah? Mm. Like, Krumah seems to be more of a high profile than Tango and Neberia. And Krumah hasn't featured on the bench or been anywhere near it, which I found a bit odd. But other than that, not a, not a bad team under the circumstances. Yeah, I think it's probably the strongest side that we could have possibly put out. I mean, but you'd arguably look at the bench and think that that actually doesn't really have much in the way of game-changing. Yeah. Whether you're ahead and trying to hold on to a lead, who are you going to bring on to help shore up the, a defensive yeah. Apart from Paul uh, Smith, tactic? Paul, Paul Smith is if you're going for a goal, uh, which obviously for us, as it turned out, we actually needed him. And, and what he did was, obviously, as we'll talk about, led to the to the second goal because he was the one that got fouled but by the same token it's just very light the fact that we're talking about bringing on two youngsters and Dan Moss who's quite young and yeah. Shad Ogie's still young although he's played a lot of games he's still quite young so same as Hector. Yeah, it just shows you that well, yeah, Hector's probably the elder statesman of the lot in terms of the amount of games he's played but you're right still a baby yeah. he's, he's still a young man learning his trade so there's a lot of youth on that and, and arguably inexperience in that uh, as well so it's a bit concerning yeah, I mean, to be fair, what well, Archibald suspended, Nublay ineligible to play, yeah. Drynan injured, Riley injured. So there's yeah. a few like things that are out of their control. But yeah, Tom James still out. Clay, yeah, Craig Clay still out. So yeah, I mean, look, there's half a team, over half a team, just with with the injuries that we've got. So lots of tweets uh, when that team was announced. Loads of tweets now uh, when that team's getting announced, which is great for us. So anytime you need to tweet us or an outlook, please do so. Orange Sphincter. Got it underway by saying, how can Matt leave Ogie on the bench again? Yeah, I don't quite understand how uh, what Shad's actually done to, to deserve to be benched. I mean, I, I do 
you know, I think Connor would have been sort of pretty good. But um, there we are. Alpha two underscore O underscore Mega said it's great to see Tanga and Obiero and Smith on the bench. Yeah, that's, really good. That's interesting. But yeah, Paul Skinner eighty eight. So then Krumer getting mugged off for the whole season apparently. <laughs> Phil Vasey, one, said, looks good. Be good to see Khan further up the pitch, assuming Drynan is injured or shot of confidence and has asked for a break. There you go. Please please for uh, young Ruel, who has to step up this evening. Yeah, big opportunity for Ruel going into this Very one. So. Gardner Courtman kept it short and sweet. So surprises, but not in a good way. Yep, so Colchester got the game underway. And fast forward to the sixth minute, Freddie Sears cut inside and had a shot of goal, but George Ray... Got a good head to the ball to send it over. Don't worry there, George Ray put his head in where it hurts and blocked the ball. Ten minutes in then, the lively Royal Satoru, who was looking well up for a game um, in this evening, went down in the box. Referee felt he dived, no penalty, yellow card for Real. I've seen that on about two different angles and I still there was oh, I think there was contact, but I don't know if it was enough to want a penalty, but because Real kind of flings himself down quite theatrically, the ref was like, No, it's a booking. It's it's one of those where if it was a Premier League game, you'd have a much better idea of if it was a foul or not because you'd be looking at it from 20 different, 20 angles. different angles. Yeah, But in real time, difficult one. it is a difficult one. If he doesn't go down so theatrically, you've got a better chance of yes. getting it. And, and it didn't seem that that referee was going to give us that much on Tuesday anyway. I mean, the away support was amazing, as it always is at Colchester. Um, we were we were noisy and yeah. it, was, it was good. And it was easy to get to, obviously, as well. Tube strikes as well, which would have... Uh, added to the pressure of the other twelve. Yeah, it took us and would have, I would have made people who would normally go. Yeah, it took to an hour it. and a half to get there and fifty minutes to get home. Amazing. That's the difference of rush hour and not rush hour. Um, and Colchester were had, had obviously started quite brightly. I say obviously. We haven't mentioned every single talking yeah. point, but they've had four corners by now. Pressure. So they had come out of the starting blocks and looked to get at us really early yeah. and they'd forced us to give them four corners by now, which obviously came to nothing, but nonetheless they yeah. started in the right vein. Would have been happy with that. 16 minutes gone into two you again, Danger Man. He cut inside really well, hit an effort that went just wide of the post. He was looking up for it, like I said before. If something was going to happen, you could already tell that it was going to happen through Satoru. Absolutely, which, which makes me question, why did Kenny Jackett not start yeah. him more? When we needed goals, he's the guy in the school playground 10 years ago that would have just had his head down and just would have taken everyone on, whatever, forget his team, and he'd have just been ball greedy and rude one. He'd have just gone straight for goal and shot. This is what you're seeing here, but in a more finessed and refined way. That he, if if his radar picks up that he's got sight of goal, bang, he's going to go for it. Because he's a striker that wants to score. And, quite frankly, at the moment, we we need that. Test their goal. We're not testing their goalkeepers no. enough. We need someone that's going to do that. The keeper spills it. We've got someone following up, maybe. Probably not, but... <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just yeah, that yeah. kind of like you've got to force them, the keeper to make the save, to force an error. And you pick up you pick up on that. But on the half-hour mark, Adam Thompson, take a bow. That was a superb tackle to stop Edwards down the wing. And then we went up the other end. Ruel Satoru drove at goal, left a defender on the floor and ended up firing just wide of Shamal George's goal. And you see that on the, on the highlights. Yeah, just... Adam Thompson kind of just drops his knee because I, I thought the guy was going to nutmeg. He thought the guy was going to nutmeg. Just drops his knee down, stop, block, stops him going past him and then bang, done. Perfect timing. <laughs> if he'd have got that a second wrong, that would have been a free kick and yeah. probably a yellow Booking. card. Superb, Adam. Well Brilliant. played, Mr. Thompson. So... 
37th minute gone. Q's fired just wide on the half volley as we fail to clear a corner. I think that's probably a bit closer than what it looked, but it still didn't trouble Vigor in the goal. Yeah, 41 minutes on the clock. Matt Young was booked for a foul on Dallison. Yeah, that was it for the first half. Four minutes of additional time played. No further talking points. Goal is at half-time. Yeah, 3,415 brave souls made it to the soulless, soulless <laughs> Colchester United Stadium, the Job Serve Arena, whatever it's called. 923 amazing. away on a Tuesday night. Really decent. On a Tuesday night with a tube strike. I think that's an amazing... Amazing yeah. turnout. Not a great first half. Uh, obviously, as you can tell by how quickly we've gone through yeah. it in less than 10 minutes. Um, <laughs> but better than what I've seen in other halves of football. But again, as someone will probably throw the stat out, it's what, the 13th half of first half of football yeah. that we've not scored a goal, goal in. Yeah, Something like that. 12, 13 or 14. I think it's 13, yeah. Now, yeah. Good point. Lots of tweets at half time. Not the happiest... Uh, tweets Eva South and Bob said Royal must be wondering what he's done to upset the ref no penalty and booked for simulation when it was a stonewaller and a shot deflected and no corner terrible decisions fancy though he may get us a goal yeah the the referee was not being kind to us Wallerad said two poor teams poor pitch Coleman and Thompson are doing okay yeah Kid Sampson O said seen better quality in most Sunday league games Royal is running 50 yards with a ball and he's our only attacking mm. option heaven mm. forbid we should get up the pitch far enough to put in a cross for our 6 foot 6 target man yeah Brand Brand Rucker FC uh, that's a new one for me if Orient could just score the first goal it could be the difference not just in this game but also for the rest of the season just that one goal could start the momentum and change the direction that we need. Yeah, good points there. So there were no changes for the O's at half-time. We got the second half underway. And five minutes into the half, Vigaru made a superb double save to deny Colchester the lead from a volley. He made a great diving save from close range. Then a rebound came in, and amazingly, Vigaru done a double save for that. Well played, Mr Viggs. 100% kept us in the game there. Absolutely no doubt. They're great saves. And that's what you need from him. Yeah. And, and, you know, his, his confidence is probably shot as well, but he's still really alert, and he's a... Really good goalkeeper. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, you can fault him at certain points, but for those two saves there, first class. Yeah, done really well. Well yeah. played, Viggs. And the 51st minute, though, Colchester did have the ball in the back of the net, but the ball was put into the box, tapped home. Linesman judged it was offside. Again, I, if that's a Premier League game, you'd have a better idea of whether he was offside or not. It looked very, very close to me. <sighs> I mean, couldn't tell from our seats. And the camera angle isn't great on the replay, so I'm not sure if it was offside or not, but it's a let-off either way. Beckles didn't do anywhere near enough to stop Chilvers there. Nowhere near enough. It's not... Uh, yeah, we could go on about that all day. A few day. warning signs only in the second 100%. half that Colchester are obviously They had it in the back of the net, but for the fact that there was a slight offside, maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. It's a yeah. bit of luck for us. Yeah, 55th minute, Otis Khan took a ball in the face a few minutes earlier. He had to be substituted off, and on came... Heck the Kipriani. Yeah, Harry Smith saw an effort just wide in the 56th minute after a free kick from the halfway line was headed down to him by Omar Beckles. I thought that was a good chance, actually. Yeah. I thought early in the season he's probably burying that burying without him, thinking yeah. about it. But we did take the lead, 66th minute, the away end, including a bid Lajande, went berserk as Ross put the O's ahead. A poor clearance from Shamal George, only went as far as Ethan Coleman. Who did well actually to control the ball because it was spinning. Terry. Got his head on it. Got the ball to Royal, who drove across the box sideways, looking for his shooting opportunity. Flawed a defender beautifully, and then fired an unstoppable shot into the top bins. George, no chance. And it was one 0 
to the O's. We're always doing a knee slide and we've scored and we can't believe it. We're winding up. Absolutely. Unbelievable. You could hear the ping as it hit the underside of the bar. Yeah. It ping <laughs> and it hit the back of the net. What a great goal. Just what we needed. Ruel did everything perfectly well there. And if you want a player to be in that position, any player, name a player, it'd be Ruel Satori for me. Took it well. Big, I'm a big fan of Ruel's. I think he's just got that rawness, that edge that we just lack from other players or just don't have in that skill set. Fantastic goal. Great strike. Yeah. Great strike. Yeah. All happy. One to up. 67th minute in. Things got even better as well. Matt Young come off, which obviously won't be great for Matt Young, but it was a delight <laughs> for me to see Paul Smith back on the pitch. Yeah. You know, he's been that player who Matt Howell has called him Stardust all week. Whenever Matt Howell talks about him, he calls him that one bit of Stardust. And I think that's something that we've been missing from the yeah. team as well. So I to go one up and to bring Paul Smith on. With 25 minutes left, you're thinking, this is mint. Yeah. This is amazing. This is However, we're going a, for it, this actually, because we're 1 0 up. Yeah. However, this is an Orient podcast. This is an Orient podcast, so not everything is as it may seem. <laughs> 74 minutes <laughs> on the clock, then. Colchester equalises. We failed to defend another corner. Kenlock got ahead of Hector Kiprianu and had a relatively free header from close range to make it 1 all. I was putting what little hair I've got left out of my head when I saw that. Really terrible goal was going to see. That's, that's literally a basic. A basic, basic Switch corner off. to clear. Kipriyan, who's so weak in the challenge there, and Kenlock won't score an easy header in that. Nah. And for all that hard work we've done to get in the lead, it's now one all, and the crowd are now back behind Colchester, and you've got 15 minutes left, and you know they're going to come here. Yeah, disappointing there. Yeah, the ref was being really, really fussy in the 77th minute because he booked Harry Smith for a tackle that actually didn't seem unfair. Yeah, that's happened a bit with Harry Smith in particular, where he picks up a bookie and you're like, oh, it seems like a bit 50 50. But two minutes later, things went from bad to worse for the O's. As Colchester took the lead, there was a free kick inside the centre circle, it was put in the box, it was headed down, and basically no one went for it. It just seemed to roll and find its way. There was a bit of hesitation amongst the defence. Found its way to Edwards, who easily beat Beckles, and I think Woods, who kind of tripped, tripped yeah. over each other. And it was 2 1. I think Wood switched off and oh, Beckles was trying to recover. And between the two of them, it's like, you just need Benny Hill music over that bit. Shambles. And you're thinking, boys, you were, you went one up 13 minutes ago yeah. against a team below you in the league. You haven't won a home game in about three or four months. And now suddenly, yeah. in the space of, what, 13 minutes, you've thrown it away and you're losing 2 1. What are you doing? Mm. I thought Connor Wood, barring a couple of incidences, I thought he'd had pr- a pretty decent game. I mean, he was no worse, really, than anybody else. Uh, I think also in the first half, good 20 minutes where he wasn't getting cover from Ruel Sotoriu, uh, whereas Khan was helping to protect yeah, Thompson yeah, on the yeah. right. Ruel wasn't doing the same on the left. So he looked a little bit overexposed, but actually I thought he did all right. But then he's gone and switched off and his man's running and Beckles didn't recover enough and it's just uh, um, it's just all silly, really. Um, 81 minutes then, let's not dwell on that. Lawrence Vigaru made an important save from Edwards to prevent Colchester from building a further lead. Yeah, big save there. If that goes in, it's game over. And again, in the 85th minute, Vigaru did well again. Akinde almost got through, almost stonewalled his way through, and shot, saved, well played Vigaru. Yeah, three minutes later, Jeff Tatanga made his Football League debut, replacing Adam Thompson. Yeah, congratulations to Jeff Tatanga. In the 89th minute, we got a free kick in a really good position. It was hopeful that it was going to be swinging. We took it short. Paul Smith played the ball to Connor Wood. Who just seems to play a very weak shot into the arms of the keeper, and you're going, "Oh, mate, come on! If that's the last chance, you really and royally scuff that." Yeah, absolutely. But six minutes of additional time and up on the board, and in the fourth minute, the away end went absolutely crazy. As Ethan Coleman equalised and scored his first goal for Orient, as Paul Smith, who has repeatedly failed, 
fouled, sorry, on the edge of the left edge of the Colchester box. Finally, the referee awarded a free kick. His delivery found George Ray at the back post. And obviously, as you've all seen from the highlights by now, don't need to really say this, but we're going to anyway. Bit of a scramble from his header down. Eventually, Coleman got the vital touch, poked it home, making no mistake from close range to make it two all. And as you would have seen from the highlights, the away end went absolutely ballistic. All your, Fantastic. Vi- all your video that you, uh, all my video that you managed that to catch. All four seconds of it was the best four seconds. <laughs> all you need. That is all you need to see. Bit um, of luck. Bit of luck there. Luck that's been evaded. I said I've could have gone anywhere when it hit the floor, but fell in front of Coleman and he put it in. So very happy. Good to see Coleman, who we're going to speak about Ethan Coleman later in the podcast, I think, yeah. uh, without a doubt. But good to see him get his first goal. Yeah. Good to see anyone get a goal. And good yeah. to see a 94th minute equaliser. It shows that, I mean, I say this in my comments, it shows that they're still working hard right up to that very point, trying to get that. And that was a, that was a real bit of quality. But Paul Smith did pick up a yellow card just before the free kick was taken because he was screaming at the linesman who gave nothing was standing there watching him being oh, fouled. Okay. So he got a yellow card off the back of his abuse of the of the linesman, which again, the referee being fussy, yeah. probably didn't deserve a yellow card, but he picked one up anyway. Fine, fine. Nothing else to talk about after that. I, to be fair, I like the way Satiru, when they're all celebrating with the fans, he was like, come on, get the ball, let's go and, let's go and try and win it. And he does it. He'd done it again yesterday in the last yeah. minute that obviously we'll talk about. But that's the uh, school yeah. kid. Getting the ball when you're yeah, that's that that's mentality. I love it. It's I love it. That yeah. mentality you see on the school that we've seen on our school playgrounds, you know. Yeah. So and nothing else. Want to get going again? Yeah, yeah. As it should be. Nothing else to talk about. The ref brought the game to a close. It's only took an important point back down to E10 in the A12 derby. Yeah. So the so Matt Harold's interview is obviously well watched by now. That is on the club's YouTube channels. You can see that. A very horse. Matt Harold, yeah, after I think it sounded like he kicked and headed and cha- tackled every challenge that he could have possibly done with his voice. But that's good, though, a bit of passion, I love it. a bit of passion. passion dug it. I never heard Kenny, you know, Fine no problem with Kenny Jacket, but I never heard Kenny Jacket horse after a game because he was screaming his play so hard or celebrating the last second goal so hard. So good to see a bit of passion. And enthusiasm there from uh, from the Ginger Pele. Yeah, league table then. That draw saw us stay 18th. We've now played 32 games. We've only won seven of them, drawn 13 and lost 12. We've got a positive goal difference, miraculously still, of, of plus six. And we've got 34 points on the table at this point in time. So my views, yeah. uh, the positives are we didn't lose. Yeah. We've scored two goals. We showed fight and effort and desire right to the very end. Paul Smith coming on helped change the game. Yep. Um, his dynamicism, his low centre of gravity, him going round players, him attacking players terrified Colchester. That's why they fouled him so much. They just didn't know how to deal with him. The negatives of this game, poor game of football. Two relegation threatened sides at the wrong end of the table. And we conceded two very poor goals. Uh, not a great game by any means, but we showed the desire and, and, yeah. and the want and the will to do well. The attitude of Royal Satoru, the desire of Paul Smith. Um, unfortunately, slightly overshadowed by the uh, the defending, you know, yeah. the switching off from Hector, the calamitous way that he- uh, that um, uh, Connor Wood and, and Omar Beckles went to stop for the second goal. The second goal. Yeah. Uh, I thought um, Cole Yu showed a bit more structure to their play. They looked a little bit more organised. How they were trying to work the channels and 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 feed the ball through. It wasn't just just route one. Their passing, their movement, their determination to get in our box keep our defence under pressure you know four corners in the first 12-14 minutes um, and I feel Ruel is always a threat around the box he's not afraid to shoot 
He showed great qualities with his goal. I thought that was a fantastic goal. I actually thought Adam Thompson did well at right back, considering he's a centre back. Um, I thought he did very well there, made some very good challenges, and, and Ethan Coleman did well for the goal. Still got a lot of work on his game to do. Vigru, stand out for me, made some superb saves did. in that game. And Paul Smith, as I said before, changed the game. He frightened the Cole U players so much. There were so many fouls on him, it was unbelievable. Um, we've come away with an important point. Um, and hopefully this is the momentum that we could use and be our turning point to then go and get all three against Stevenage on Saturday. I think that's what every O's fan was hoping, wasn't it? Last minute goal, a bit of change of luck and take that into Saturday. Probably yeah, good Matt points. Ha- probably Matt Harrell did as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think you could tell after the game he he was he was very happy with what he saw and that spirit. For me, yeah. an important point, and it's good because it felt like a win. Didn't feel like a draw, it felt like a win because everyone was hot, high on the elation of that last minute goal. Got to say, I think you've said it pretty much yourself, defending was all over the place. Those two goals were pretty calamitous. But great to see Royal get a goal, but he needs to kick on now. It's no good him doing that on that Tuesday against Colchester. I'm not following it up or doing anything after. I was pleased to be from Coleman as well. I think he struggled since we got him, but good to see him get a goal. Great for his confidence. Um, and I just finished by saying clear the spirit that has been lacking recently, or was lacking under Kenny. He seems to be returning, playing up until the last kick of the game. The final whistle, and I put yeah. Hopefully, that can be the uh, goal or the point that kickstarts our season and leads us to safety. Absolutely. So those were our short and sweet views. Your views. We had loads coming in after this, as you can imagine, a huge amount of feedback. So thanks to everyone who sent their views through our social media accounts, which as you probably know by now, sponsored by town and country estate agents who are Orient supporting and highly successful estate agents. West Stand season ticket holder, one of the directors, Charlie Paul, is offering all Leighton Orient fans and staff a whopping 20% off his usual fee. So if you're thinking of moving, keep it in the Orient family. Save yourself a few quid in the process. Give Charlie a call directly on 07528-471-497. Or you can email him, charlie at townandcountrypropertysales.co.uk. Or you can just DM him directly on Twitter at charlie underscore Paul with an E on the end. Nicely done. So we had, as Paul said, loads and loads of tweets coming to us at Orient Outlook. Paul Staines 86 got it on the way by tweeting saying, regardless of us going ahead and getting two goals quickly, to get it back after that means a point gained no matter what and hopefully stops the rot. Totally agree with that. Boatsy said, point gained and how vital that point will be. Hopefully this means we can kick on and go on a little run now. Joe Jessner 16 kept it short but not very sweet. He said our defending is consistently disgusting. Lennon 4 said, I'm not singing and dancing about that result. It should have been three points. Simple as that. The opposition was relegation fodder and we really, we nearly took a bullet for them. Yeah, Trousers Techno said, managed to make a team that has won two out of 15 Look like world beaters, but at least we scored and had some fight. It's going to be a real battle to stay up, though. Amazing Bagman1 said, Battle hard, fought back and stole a point. A win at the weekend and it's a brilliant week. Harold has the fans on side. Let's get Brisbane Road rocking on Saturday. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people now looking forward to Saturday. Yeah. Uh, win. Had we lost. Yeah, had we lost, I think it would have been that. David Sears3 said, Very lucky. Diabolical defending at times, but credit where credit's due. Respect the point. Fair play to the place for kept keeping going. Yeah, Chris Cow too said this could be the turning point. Get a new manager in before Saturday, beat Stevenage, and we could go on a little run with a new manager. <laughs> Chris, Chris, Chris. Orient meat pie said at least we showed some fight to get a draw. Never seen worse defending than for the two we conceded, mind you. Better than a defeat 
And we scored two goals. Yeah. John Crabb three said, let's not kid ourselves. That was awful. Dreadful. Against the poor side, we looked even worse. Nada underscore 1987 said, buzzing with the goal at the end, obviously, but it does paper over the cracks. Should have won, leading with 20 minutes to go. And the goals we gave away were unacceptable at any level, but massive to get Smith back. Yeah, Orion underscore 36 said, overall, we look poor, but at least they carried on going until the last minute and managed to score. Something to build on and Satoru... And Smith stood out. Yeah, good points. Tip tall. Said lazy, naive defending. Nearly cost us all three points. If only our defence had as much enthusiasm and grit as little Smith up front, we wouldn't be in the mire. Yeah, Spartacus1957 said, good point. I was obviously wanted more, but a point is a point. And thank God we got Vigoro. <laughs> Man of the match. And yeah, two goals. Yeah, Alan Reeves too said, showed fight. Wood, Rell, Young, Decent. Vigaru, man of the match, tells you all you need to know. Again, I'm convinced there was an attacking talent there that hasn't been used well enough this season. Can't defend like that and expect to win games. So respect the point. Yeah. Neil Langhorn said, we'll, we'll take the point in the circumstances. Stops the rot and hopefully something to build on. Have a sneaky feeling Ethan Coleman could be a future Orient legend. Great for him to get his first goal and earn us a point. You cursed him. Well, hindsight, hindsight's a wonderful thing here. Ethan Coleman's going to be spoken about a bit. when you get too excited about one performance. Yeah. <laughs> Lords and Gabs is still desperate for a new manager, but the players showed bottle after the run we've been on. Should have been three points under the circumstances. Just about happy enough with one, though. Simply have to beat Stevenage now. Over to the board to get that appointment sorted pronto. Orin Electric said, grateful for the point in the end, but my God, what was that defending about tonight? can see why Jacket lost faith in Wood. A lot of people talking about Wood. About a lot of people talking about Wood post-match, actually. Gary Torbett, seven, said, we must wrap Smith in cotton wool, pacey and direct. Don't train him beyond stamina stuff, and he will terrorise defences in the running. Maybe that's League what you need to do. quality. Like late Spurs did with Ledley King, like with his knee, he only trained on a Friday and played on the Saturday. Hopefully now this you is know. a start and he can get like... 10, 15 games under his belt. Not getting, it'd be terrible if he gets injured like in training or like in the next like game or two because now we've got him back. Yeah. Hopefully this is the start of his own career because let's be honest, it hasn't really started. Yeah, it hasn't got going. He's had a really bad, bad season. Um, Wellsio said, we were second best. We, were, we are awful right now. No passion, no leader with aggression. Other teams around us are fighting for their lives and we're swanning around as though we're safe. I can't see us staying up. That's a really good point. Because Colchester and Stevenage, yes, they all showed that they were trying to fight for their team, them, themselves, their teammates, the badge, the manager, the fans. We're not. I'm not seeing the same thing from Orient players. Yeah, good right. point about confidence. You can call it confidence. You can call it attitude. Just the attitude just leadership there. though. Like you've got again, I think it kind of bemuses me. Is you've got experience in there. So you've got yeah. Catley, you've got Beckles, you've got Thompson, you've got right. Ray. These are all like experienced players. They're not like all kids. Smith's not a kid. It's not like four years ago where, you know, when we last got relegated, they were all kids and they were being coached and I didn't know what was going on. It's a bit of a whirlwind. Now like you've got that experience in there. But no one's leading. Like no. Beckles isn't a bit I don't know what's happened to my Beckles in terms of on the pitch performance. It seems like he's shying away Prattley for a man who's you know when we got him off Charlton, Charlton fans going, you've got a winner there, which we would have kept him, like from the league yeah. above. Yeah. How are you leading, like your colleagues, like forward and being the captain, Beckles as well, and yeah. all the other experienced players? Yeah, yeah, I agree with you, agree yeah. with you massively. Steve Chaplin, four, so an important equaliser. If we lost that, any remaining morale would have disappeared. It gives us something to build on, although we can't keep giving goals away from set pieces. 
on to Saturday. Yeah, Freddie LOFC said, funny game that, have to take the point as we was losing going into added time, but we shouldn't have been losing at that stage. Saturday is now a must win, needs to play Ogie and keep Ruel in there. Yeah, Bendy Bollard said, exhausted and soaked through, but would I do it all again? You bet. We were second best for the most part, but we fought for our points so hard. Forty O's fans were brilliant tonight and really stuck with the team. Frank Beavers said the buzz is well and truly back. More goals than we've scored all year. Big point and hopefully we can build on it and take momentum into next season. Casey Adams, LFC said that's the fight we want to see. Take that last minute momentum now into Saturday. Philip Michello has the penultimate word on this. He said point on the road, obviously a good thing given our current troubles. However, defence is still a cause for deep concern as well as not creating enough attacking chances. Orient allowed Colchester eight shots on target and conceded ten corners while managing only two of each ourselves. Good stats. Statal, statal. And the final word on Colchester goes to Les K 52 who said only a draw, but that is a huge... First, we break our run of defeats. Second, we score late on. And finally, that will feel like a win and they can take momentum and confidence from that into the next game. And I repeat... That last gasp goal is bloody huge. So thanks to everyone who sent us tweets after Colchester. Quite optimistic, considering last-minute equaliser. Mixed bag. Everyone was saying how important yesterday's game was yeah. and how we had to take that momentum forward. And obviously, we'll tell you how we did. Yeah, well, if you don't know by now. Yeah. Uh, Carol Langley Flores Prediction League update. Sponsors, uh, Carol Langley are an established local business in Chingford, East London, specialising in bespoke flowers for all occasions and events. From a simple thank you to a lavish wedding or event, they can help. Get in touch with John and the team via Twitter at carollangleye 4 or at EssexBiz. And it's good to see you in the South Stand yesterday, John. So well done to Heatherson Paul, who correctly predicted two all. So uh, you get three points. But extra well done to 1965 AC1881, who correctly predicted 2-2 and one scorer, so picked up four points. So that amazes me. A top of the prediction league table update <laughs> will follow towards the end of the show. Wednesday, 2nd of March, a quiet day at the club. Lots of rumours started to circle that Neil Lennon had been offered the manager's job. Lots of talk and, and on social media. So subsequently, turned it down by all accounts. Yeah, so... I guess it's probably as good as time as any. As we sit here on Sunday evening, so four days after that, the club still haven't appointed a manager. Nigel Travis went on uh, Orient Live yesterday, yeah. spoke about it. No one who was at the ground has actually heard the interview, which is a bit baffling, uh, actually, and did have a few quotes that were tweeted uh, very kindly by Brendan Pitcher and did speak about one outstanding candidate, but didn't kind of say an appointment yeah. was imminent. That I guess leaves more open questions than answers. So as it stands, nobody really knows when a manager is going to be appointed and who that man is. Although there's a few of the same names being bounded around. However, I can't see people like Woodgate wanting to come. Woodgate is the name that keeps coming up. I can't really see it. And it's the same old names that keep coming up without really any justification, I think. Yeah, I mean, look, there's loads of names out there. Uh, just a question of like what's actually happening what why if there's an outstanding candidate why why have they not been offered the job what what actually is happening are we giving it to Matt Harold seeing how Matt Harold does what he does um it is yeah the rumors are never good whether people are starting them off their own back or whether there's some truth to them i mean that's quite a big name neil lennon isn't it there's a couple of other names that we've been considering neil lennon's last job but this was last year was Celtic was his last job so you think Celtic 
big club, massive club, huge club, European yeah. football. Yeah. Drop into the late tonight. And there's a lot of talk now that, you know, managers are being offered the job and turning it down because they're not convinced that they can keep Orient in League Two and no one obviously wants a relegation against their C V. But if people if they're speaking to people going, actually I'm not sure I fancy it because of the, your league position, just get rid of them. If they don't want to be Orient, then fine. Say okay. Thanks, but no thanks. And get someone who wants to wear that badge and be manager of Leighton Orient, regardless of whether you're top of League Two, yeah. bottom of League Two. You back yourself. And right? battle. And go, right, actually, it's a massive opportunity. If I can keep the club up, which as a manager, any manager who's applying for the job would hopefully think, yeah, I can actually keep this club up. And go, right, and then we'll strengthen and I'll get my own players in the summer. We'll make a go of it. Surely that's what any decent manager would want. If they're interviewing people going, actually, I'm not convinced yet. Your squad of players is going to don't come to late. Don't come to late, and hopefully not. The board aren't going. Well, I really like that guy, but he won't come unless we stay up. So let's give it to Matt Harold for the rest of the season. I wouldn't anything like that. that. I would hate that. Absolutely agree. Absolutely. If you if like uh, Darren Burrow said in 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 a group that I'm in, he's absolutely nail on the head. If you don't back yourself now, then don't bother at all ever. And we should not be looking at people like that. You can't just come to us in the good times. You know, Russell Slade, bless him, came to us. Help keep us up, and then we help. We we pushed on. He backed himself to turn it around. We want a manager that's got that attitude about them, not someone that's like, oh, I don't really fancy it because we're in a relegation fight. But if you're any good at your job, back yourself. I think either way, though, this is a pivotal moment for the board because this board have had nothing but praise, I'd say, um, since they took over. But I think a lot of fans, probably rightly now, are getting a bit impatient with the process. Kenny Jackett sacked almost two weeks ago. And I think you've seen <clears> clubs <throat> like Carlisle, Walsall, Bradford, set their managers, and very, very quickly get a new manager in. And some have had that new manager bounce, and some haven't. But it shows that they've found they've done something and they've reacted to it and they've got that continuation going. Yeah. Nigel Travis and the board probably say, Well, that's about fair, because Matt Harold, because of the way the club's set up, you can sack a manager and still have the kind of coaching staff are still there. So they haven't all Walked away, so you've got that continuity. But when you're in a How, relegation, yeah, it's not good enough. No, no, no offense to Matt Harold. Like Matt Harold's still learning the trade as well. It's unfair on him to give him that pressured situation when he doesn't have that experience. I'm sure this isn't enjoyable for Matt and the and the coaching staff. We're in a relegation dogfight, and all of a sudden, the manager and, and Joe Gallen have both gone, and it's it's landed in his lap. Now I'm sure he'll relish the opportunity of being the manager and trying to turn it around, and and it's that buzz that you're chasing and that kudos that you're chasing. But by the same token, it's it's taken the t- it's taken the board that long to sack Kenny Jacket. Why haven't you? Why haven't you got a replacement lined up? Why weren't you having conversations with people prior to that? We've been terrible all year. That's not a surprise. You don't just suddenly arrive two weeks ago, to mid-Feb, late-Feb, whatever, and go, actually, I think we'll sack Kenny today. You don't do that. It was yeah. last Tuesday. We could do two weeks two, ago, two, two, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, nearly two weeks ago, and go suddenly, actually, sorry, Kenny, it's not working. I think we said it last week, wasn't it? In the summer, you can kind of do that because you've got like a long, bit longer period to kind of assess and get the right man in for the summer. When you've got 15, 14 games left and you're 20 to in League 2, you can't really afford to do that because we've now played three games and all of them have been like six-pointers with yeah. teams who, had they beat us, would have overtaken us and some have actually. Um, <coughs> or oh, Carlisle have because they've got that new manager bounce. They drew with us and then... One. No, Carlisle beat us, one on Tuesday, Sorry. one yeah. on Saturday, and now they're 17th in the I league. I beg your pardon, yeah, it was Colchester. 
They won late yesterday. As Colchester well. won late yesterday, so, so it's causing a lot of friction as well <coughs> because some of the tweets that we'll read after Stevens is, is really kind of putting pressure on the board. And for it's kind of gone the other way now, where the board, the board have been very communicative and always come out and says, "Okay, so never not that, never, never not that." But now they've kind of gone a bit quiet. At probably the wrong time. I know Nigel's done that half-time interview, but to do that when but everyone's no at one the can hear it. when everyone's at the ground, what is the point? I'm amazed they haven't put it out on YouTube or something, or put it out as a sound snippet. Like we would have had it if they would have given it to us, we would have put it out. But he, it sounds like he's said something quite important there. But anyone who lived near the ground as an Orient fan is in the ground, so they've obviously missed a trick with what they're doing. But it'd be good to get an update saying, look, you know, we. I'm going to give it to Harold now because we think Matt's done a good enough job in kind of getting the spirit levels up or go, you know, we're still searching. We hope to have a manager in place for Hartlepool and just chill the fans out a bit because mm. all it's doing is putting more pressure on Matt, more pressure on the board. Tensions among the fan base are high and we obviously don't speak for all fans but the amount of, of tweets we are seeing and getting criticising the board massively and some fans even telling the board to sell up. It's just... It's no, just, just it's just put, I wouldn't. Well, everyone's to their own opinion, and I don't. I don't discourage anyone from making an opinion if that's what someone thinks. However, no one's helping themselves here, in terms of I don't. You know, even yeah, it it is. It well, there's is, a lot of nonsense out. There. There's a lot of irrational thinking, and some people shouldn't be typing their irrational thoughts on on as much as you're entitled to. Telling Nigel Travis to to, to sell up is just a, st- a stupid thing to do because at the end of the day, whilst things are not going great at the moment. The decisions are being made with the best of intentions. It's not transferring onto us as fans and, and, and into the team. But at the end of the day, uh, I'm sure they're working extremely hard to get this right. Um, it's a lottery, though. It's always a lottery. When you sign a new player, when you make a new managerial appointment, whether it works or whether it doesn't, you know, we've gone from having unknown Ross Embleton and Jamie McEnough to the superior quality, qualified Kenny Jacket. And I thought Ross Ross aside, um, and not Ross aside, sorry, but but Ross did well in the circumstances. It didn't work out in the end. But Kenny's come on. We've done brilliantly for the first half of the season, then fallen off a cliff for the second half with no real explanation or or rationale as to why we've gone off that cliff and what's gone so badly wrong. All right, okay, we've had some injuries. We've had a bit of COVID. Stop, start, get that. But this, what we're seeing now, goes far beyond anything. That we've seen that that, that that could possibly be deemed. Oh well, we've had COVID and a couple of injuries. Far beyond that, there's something far more deep rooted in this problem in that dressing room. I don't know what, I don't know why, I don't know how, but it's it's not that. That's this is now. You know, it's not like even Kenny's gone and all of a sudden the pressure yeah. environment has gone and they can be themselves. It's carrying on. So something's not right somewhere. Um, so you know, there there has to be a sense of urgency. I know they don't want to make the wrong appointment because then that's even worse than making no appointment. But at the end of that, we can't go on much longer as, as we are because as hard as Matt Harold is trying with, and, and respect and love him for what he's doing, you know he could do with someone with the experience to help drag us up. And I'm not saying Russell Slade particularly, but someone that's going to come in and help galvanise us. He saved us with six games to go. All right, he nearly got us relegated one season, okay. but that's by the by. He came in with six games to go, backed himself... And said, "Yeah, come on, then let's go. Six games." Uh, yeah, go. I think I think they even need to give towel for the rest of the season, or, or crack on and do an appointment. They, they can't, they can't keep delaying it. They have got a bit of time now. Obviously, the next game is not until next Saturday. However, this is a perfect opportunity to get someone in 
say tomorrow or Monday or on a Tuesday and give him a few days with the team so he can get his squad together. That's right. And make the choices. That's right. But That's exactly right. So he gets a whole week on the training ground before we go Saturday, Tuesday, the following week. And then to the end of the season, I think there's a couple of Tuesdays as well. So it's a difficult, it's difficult, it's not easy. Um, but again, a little bit more information wouldn't have gone amiss. And to, like you say, uh, like Brendan's not employed by the club, to the best of my knowledge. It's certainly not on his Twitter profile. So how comes the club haven't tweeted or put out what he's put out? I don't understand why that's come from an unofficial person. Like you say, give us the audio, we'll put it out. Or the club could put it out on their YouTube channel. Yeah, absolutely. I think it needs to be shared. I, th- I do find that slightly odd as well. Very odd. Okay. No disrespect to the media team. I'm sure you've got a million things to be doing. But as fans, there's no point only the overseas fans being able to hear that. Or, yeah. or the audio f- subscribers. So managers, lots of names being banded around. No one knows who it's going to be. could be, as I say, doubtful, Woodgate... Ferguson, I think, is probably dead in the water. Lennon, if you believe everything that is said, offered it, rejected it. But why would you... I don't understand. It's come down to, for an interview at a football club, knowing exactly where we're at. This is the situation. There's no bones or about it. There's no smoke and mirrors here. We're in a relegation fight at the moment. You've come down for an interview knowing that, been offered the job for the job that you went for, and then didn't... Can take I, it says something I, else can I maybe dip my foot in the water and say he didn't want to work for a director of football I wasn't aware that there was a director of football in place well, come on he can't not be aware why that. if you do your due diligence you know there's a director of football might have met Martin and gone not it's, on the, it's on the club contact might have met Martin and gone don't work with him might have met that's Nigel also, and said don't work with him that's also might have just thought this club isn't, isn't for me it's not a culture fit Okay. might have felt that yeah lots of names being banned fair around. enough yeah fair comment let's see what happens Hopefully we'll make an appointment, hopefully Tuesday though, because we don't like Monday announcements because it kills the podcast yeah. dead in its track. So yeah. lots of talking there going on. Thanks to everyone who's DM'd us with their little uh, bits of sources of information during the entire week. Thursday, the 3rd of March, and it was happy World Book Day, and good to see first team players, Tom James, get out there, and Lance <coughs> Viguru. They went to Greenleaf Primary School, and they gave out free books and took part in a Q&A with pupils from Key Stage 2. And also, Omar Beckles launched his own mental health competition for the schools of Waltham Forest. That was quite nice. It's a good little competition. That's a good luck to everyone. Uh, yep. Who that? Well done to Omar. Yep, absolutely. So, there was a update from the Football Association's Regulation and Discipline Committee relating to our player, Theo Archibald, didn't they said? They certainly was. It said, Leighton Orient FC's Theo Archibald has been charged with a breach of FA rule E3 following their EFL League 2 game against Carlisle United on Saturday the 26th of February. It is alleged that the winger used abusive and or threatening words towards a match official after being sent off in the 49th minute, and he has until Monday the 7th of March to provide a response. Theo Archibald, you've been a very naughty boy. A very naughty boy. There'll be a suspension on the back of that. It just depends on how long it is. But I wouldn't expect to see Theo Archibald Assuming in that squad on the way to Hartlepool. Assuming he's not appealed it, that is. Well, if he has the right of appeal to He him, has the right of appeal, but if it's been it's fed back by a fourth official or one of the refs, and it's fed in the ref's report, it turns into his word against the refs. And it, Nine times out of ten, they're going to go with the ref, the FA. So I they understood what he said, to be fair. You can take the boy out of Glasgow. <laughs> Friday, the 4th of March. Quiet day, no news to report, so let's move on to Saturday, the 5th of March. Yeah, and we mentioned that man again. Happy 24th birthday to Theo Archibald. Yeah, the club announced also that Jaden Sweeney had joined National League Southside Dartford on a one-month loan deal. So good luck to Jaden 
at Dartford. Yeah, he went out on loan somewhere earlier in the season and had a good little spell. So hopefully he gets more football and he comes back in the summer, hopefully ready to challenge for the first team like Ogie did a few years ago. Absolutely. So the youth team were in action on Saturday. They were away at Bristol Rovers and the O's took the lead right on the stroke of half-time. Clements smashed home from the corner to make it 1-0. Three minutes later in the second half, the O's doubled their lead. There's a ball in the box. Maggie Man was tucked away by Dan and Krumer who calmly placed the ball into the bottom right-hand corner of the net to make it 2-0, which is how the game finished. So, well done to Young. That was great 2-1 against Bristol Rovers. Yeah, absolutely. Very good indeed. So, the main event of the day was Stevenage at home. And as always, before the game, we ran a Twitter poll to find out how you thought we'd get on in this game. And after 249 votes in 24 hours, 19% thought there'd be a draw. 24% thought there'd be a loss and 57% an overwhelmingly over-optimistic group thought that we would win. So thanks to everyone who took a moment to vote. Every time the win is in the majority now it makes me shaky, it makes me nervous. Yep. I don't like it, I don't like it. So at 2 o'clock the team was announced. Before that though, in the upstairs, in the Legends Lounge, if you're a bit of a posh, got a bit of money behind you, you would have seen Darren Prattley get the Goal of the Month award for February. Well done, Darren Prattley. We have spies everywhere, so we always know what is happening and where. Well done, Prattzinho, for your great strike beating... I'll beat no one because you scored the only goal in February. So. <laughs> it was well a good goal, done. to be fair. In yeah. fairness, it was a good... I know it was by default, it, it was, it was goal a decent month, goal, but, but it was a decent goal. It, well, Let's yeah. not take anything away from it. No, well done, Darren Bless Prattley, it. on your bottle of champagne. Hope you enjoyed it. So the team was announced at two o'clock. Vigoru in goal at the back. Adam Thompson, George Ray, Omar Beckles and Connor Wood. The midfield was made up of Ethan Coleman, Matt Young, Darren Prattley. And up top, we had Theo Archibald, Ruel Satoyu and Harry, Harry Smith. On the bench, we had Byrne, Ogie, Moss, Kiprianu, Tanga, Paul Smith and Frank Newblay. That meant there was one change from the side that drew at Colchester in midweek as Otis Carr missed out and was replaced by the birthday boy Theo Archibald. Your yeah, thoughts? pretty much as expected. I thought I thought Theo would come back in and I thought Otis might miss out yeah. um, on it so I thought that might happen. I thought Ogie may have got an odd over Connor Woods so even though that's what I thought I wasn't surprised when I saw him on the bench for oh, he's a bit unlucky there um, but probably about right. I didn't think Paul Smith had done or was fit enough to start yeah. after my Harold post-match on Tuesday where they said they were like managing him back. Would have been great to see him start, but I fully expected him to start on the benches, which is what they've done. Yeah, I agree. Pretty much as expected. We had a few tweets uh, that came in uh, off the back of this, a couple that we'll read out now. James O'Hagan said, it makes sense to stick as close to the side that got a point as you can, I guess. Drynan, injured, burnt out, or out of favour? Well, said he was injured. Said he should be back next week, though, so I guess yeah. we will see about Drynan. Len Chin Chin Wan said, think we'll miss the momentum and skills of Otis Khan. Theo will have to work hard. Drynan not even on the bench. Hope we're always on form again today. We need a solid defence. Going to be a hard game and a likely draw. No giveaway corners, please, and let's win this one. So, Darren Prattley got the game underway, and after a quiet start, we'll fast forward to the 11th minute. But just before we do that, odds that we didn't give any acknowledgement to the crisis in Ukraine. Premier League clubs did. Yes. Uh, but, but we I... could have just had, while they were doing the knee, we could have just had before yeah. the game or something like that, just showing some sort of solidarity. I think that was a bit of a hot spot on Twitter. I think the supporters club got involved and said there was a like a collection there box is. or a tin in there. there and is. I think there was one. I think Howard Gould had a Ukraine flag, from what I can his see. But his wife's family, yeah. ex-wife's family are from that. Absolutely, part of the world, but yeah, yeah, apart from that, quite surprising. I, I presume at some point there will be something that happened um, around the football. I'll be a decent point. 
Yeah, absolutely. So fast forward, as we say, to the 11th minute as Royal Sotoriu had our first shot at goal from a tight angle. It went just wide. Yeah, let's skip forward into the 21st minute. I mean, disappointing. We haven't got any Ornit attacks really to speak nothing. about. Not troubled Pim in the first it was a, it 20 was a minutes. really nothing game. Bit nervy, bit cold. Totally. Stevenage did start better. I'd definitely say Stevenage yeah. looked better. And they didn't have that many fans. Normally, like an away crowd can carry like that team forward. They weren't making particularly much no. noise. So I don't think they had particularly high expectations either. Yeah, surprised by that. 21st minute, Lawrence Vigrew did very well in goal to deny ex-Orient loanee Jake Taylor. He got his way behind the O's defence, had a shot from close range. Well saved by the body of Vicks. Yeah, uh, Stevenish took the lead though in the 23rd minute as a corner eventually found ex loney Luke O'Neill. He crossed the ball towards the back post and Prosser sent his header past Vigaru to make it 1-0. I thought that was a pretty good goal actually from them. I thought Luke O'Neill, ex O'Loney, who I yeah. only realised when uh, Chris behind us mentioned it, I thought he'd done well, decent ball into the box. We could have defended the head, head of header better. But a good, a good header from Prosser though. Yeah, Prosser's tall. He didn't really have to jump that much to do it because Connor Wood, who's not very tall by comparison, was the man marking him. Say no more. Yeah, that's why he's won that easily. No chance for Viggs in the goal. I was no. I was surprised that Prosser didn't celebrate. It seems like run off like an ex-player against you. It kind of runs yeah. off, and he's not. Unless he I've completely going... forgotten about him, I don't. I don't, I don't recall remember. him. I don't recall him. But bad start. Very much so. But their lead didn't last too long as Lawrence Vigrou launched a free kick um, up to Harry Smith in the 29th minute. He won the header. Matt Young managed to get a touch to Darren Prattley who lifted the ball over Scotty C who did get a touch on it and Ruel smashed it home as the Stevenage players seemed to stop claiming Ruel was offside. I think we were a bit lucky there. I think we're hugely lucky there because I didn't see the touch from the Stevenage player. Scotty C, not any Stevenage player, O's yeah. legend Scotty C. Um, and I didn't see that, so for me, I think we've had another huge slice of luck in our favour there. No well doubt. Well taken goal though from Ruel. No doubt. Win, win, obviously he puts the ball in there and celebrates it, but then the ref went to talk to the line and I was thinking, they're, they're going to they're gonna roll this one out. And all but, the Stevenage players went over to try and sway, but the referee, I thought the referee was quite good actually. Well, he stayed he stayed strong and the Lino didn't have his flag up. So Correct. I think he went with the Lino's uh, decision in the end but yeah. I could have easily seen that given as a as an offside and it didn't look offside I think he's saying the ball came off I think the margin was so it. fine that he couldn't give it against us I so, think that was the fine margin he's not a robot with a laser on that yeah. you know on that line but yeah good good piece of luck another piece of luck for the O's but however three minutes later Stevenage retook the lead is a long kick from him ran all the way through to Luke Norris who hit it first time on the half volley, hit it very sweetly, it's bang into the top corner past Vigrou to make it 2-1. Terrible, <laughs> terrible defending again. Yeah. Really Good goal for them. Great finish, but in that regard, I think yeah. Coleman didn't get his foot on the... I think it bounces just before Coleman gets it. No one's near Norris, literally from a goal kick. Norris has got time, takes it well. However, someone should be putting pressure on him. No, we're really disappointed. It's three minutes after we'd equalised and just thinking, bloody yeah. hell, what are you boys doing Same, again? It's like literally copy and paste of Tuesday night. Groundhog Day. It literally is. Two minutes of additional time have played out. Nothing to report as the half-time ended. 2-1. 2-1 down at the break. Yeah, attendance announced 4,558 uh, with 457 away fans. That wasn't bad considering there's no central line. I think a lot of people obviously didn't go for various reasons. I almost didn't go. I think 
it was tough for a lot of them. But, however, not bad. Not a very big away turn. Now, I thought it might have been more stevenage than that. Yeah, well, they can drive. You know what I mean? It's not that far. It's only an hour, yeah. hour and a half. Uh, I thought that was a really poor half. I feel well, actually we've gone backwards, taken nothing from the end of that Colu game. None of that spirit, momentum, yeah. drive, n- passion, nothing like that. What they've been doing on the training ground all week, all, all of the rest of the week, like Thursday, Friday, to then play like that, I, I don't understand. I think we would love to have that. a first team player in and to speak for, for them to speak freely. We're not going to have that. We're not. They wouldn't do that because they're too professional. But to really know. Why is it so bad on the? Why is everyone no, so scared? No, all I do is just say, just say, what do you do? Like, what do you like? What are you doing? Like, yeah, what do you do? Like, I don't know what you do. Like, you you get on the pitch for ninety minutes, whether it's a Tuesday or Saturday, and you do all exactly and you and you thing. all look a bit lost. I understand confidence is low. However, if you're continually doing the same thing at the training ground, like things, happen, like if I'd done my job. Monday to Friday, like if I'd done my job like that and didn't improve, and people were telling me to do stuff and I wasn't doing it, you'd be on. on I'd be on. I wouldn't have a job. Yeah. <laughs> Quite frankly, yeah. A lot of people saying, "What do they do in training all week?" Lots and lots of tweets at halftime. We're only going to mention a few. Guy one, incognite one, T zero. So please tell me more about how we should have sat jacket while in a real relegation race with no replacement lined up and Matt Tarrell to come in as interim for perhaps the first time. I'm starting to seriously question our board's judgment. Yeah, Dynamo Hood kept it simple. He said clueless hoofball. Yeah, it wasn't points. It definitely wasn't points. Yeah. LOFC 1978 said, We have no midfield. Why can no one see this? Pratty has one good game of five. Common and Young may be good players in a year or two. Kipriano overrated and offers little. Why was this not addressed in January? Where's Brown and Riley? Yeah, Brown's, not even on the bench. Brown's a great point. Where is Jordan Brown? Why is he not on the bench? No idea. Yeah. Great, Absolutely. great point. Our, our players. Uh, North East underscore O said, I'm not going to call for Ling in the board's head. I would, what, what I would like is an honest assessment of their performance. The last two seasons have been pretty poor and in particular management appointments and player recruitment has been extremely questionable. Yeah, lots of tweets. Not just coming to us, but lots of tweets generally about that on the LOFC hashtags. But there was a change at half time as Paul Smith came on for Matt Young now I felt a bit sorry for Matt Young Different Matt Young was any worse than Ethan Coleman or Dan Prattley but Young seems to be the one who always makes way mm. to get Paul Smith on mm. I agree first chance uh, of the half in the 47th minute following some good build up play that saw Harry Smith receive the ball from Connor Wood and his uh, side footed effort lacked power and was comfortably saved by Pitt. didn't strike it that cleanly did he there wasn't that much power on it he, he was, was running up off. to it he had a bit of time but he, if he had he Hit that sweetly, that would hit bin bottom corner. Wouldn't give him no chance. That's what he tried to do. Really get the power behind him. Yeah, he tried to cushion it towards towards the bottom corner, but because he was twisting as he did it, I don't think he could just get that power momentum behind it. Good point. Good start to the second half there for the O's. And a minute later, we had another chance as Paul Smith got a bit of space on the right. His shot was comfortably saved by Pim. And a minute later, Satu had an effort. And it went over the bar. It's a bit more intent uh, at the start second of the second half, half but that yeah. faded quite quickly. It did. We came out quite strongly and, and then it did fade. 65 minutes, a long pause in play after Connor Wood was injured and was replaced by Shad Ogie. Now, a couple of people saying that while Connor Wood was being helped off the pitch, Shad Ogie was still warming up. Yeah, he was. Yes, that's right. Because he, he, no... he didn't come on direct. Once Wood no. went off, he, didn't, he came on about two minutes later. later. So we were playing with ten men for a couple yes, of minutes. Yeah. What, what's what's that odd. about? That is really odd. A bit odd. Yeah. Don't get that. 
good spot. There was another pause in play in the 72nd minute as Rigoru went down with an injury, but it was okay to continue. And Paul, I actually watched Paul Tisdale. I actually quite like Paul Tisdale. I think he's. I think Paul Tisdale one day will end up at Orient for some reason. Don't know whether it's the hat or whatever, but I always think that one day he'll end up. So when I was on YouTube and on the Orient. Searching on it because I always watch the interviews on YouTube with the managers and Tisdale's came up. It's only like three minutes, but I watch it. And he pointed to that as a key moment. He said basically only took a timeout because he said when that was going on, they had like a team, they had a massive team tool, which did, they yeah. did. He said, and he said that's a loophole in the game where you shouldn't really be allowed to do that. He was kind of implying that Vigory wasn't really injured. Howell just wanted to have a word with his players. And that was the only way they could do it. Because you can't take the keeper off the pitch. Yes. If that's an outfield player, you, the game would have continued while the player was off the pitch. Because it's Vigaru, they you can't take the keeper off. Very clever. Up. So he, he said that was a pretty pivotal moment. He said after that, they changed, whatever Harold said, they changed the way they were playing. And he had like a mini team for five minutes. And Vigaru got up and didn't show any more signs of being injured. Clever. I like to see, I'd missed that and I really like that. Yeah. I like to hear that. Good. Well done, Matty Harold. <laughs> 83 minutes on the clock then a dangerous Stevenage cross saw Adam Thompson head the ball behind for a corner which thankfully came to nothing I must say I am disappointed though because we spoke about chance in the 49th minute we not spoke about anything that Orient had done mm-hmm. with an attacking purpose nope 85th minute Ethan Coleman was booked for a foul so still nothing, Orient aren't offering anything yeah and then a minute later Darren Prattley was replaced by Frank Nublay in the third Orient sub yeah I mean at this point you had, New, you had Nublay Smith Smythe Archibald Satoru Satoru like the midf- it was almost like the midfield was bypassed like, it was just pump out there and try and get three, some 3-1-6 but we weren't, we weren't looking threatening and again Paul Tisdale said like if there was going to be another goal in the game he said he, thought, he felt it was going to go to Stevenage he's saying like oh, we weren't like we, didn't, we weren't threatening the goal we weren't like knocking down the door camped in their half it was it was like it was an easiest day. For, it was an easy day for Stevenage. We were not threatening enough at all. Not at all. And in the last ten minutes against Carlisle, and I had a problem with Matt Howell saying that the players gave him everything. They only gave him everything in the last five ten minutes when they absolutely went for it half a lever. Even yesterday, same. They didn't. They didn't really like. They didn't really press forward. And we're obviously going to come to it on now. Seven minutes of added time went up on the board, and in the fourth minute, the O's had a long throw that ended up at the far post of Paul Smith. His cross was only cleared as far as the archboard. He was just outside the box. He took one touch and then sent it into that top corner, pinged it into the net, sent the Orient faithful world as Pim had no chance. And it was too all. But it's taken like a goal like that, like out of nothing. Yeah. Like, like that, that goal wasn't coming. We weren't sending no. a goal. We deserved that. We battered no. him in the second half. That was out of nothing. Can, again, take nothing away from Theo Archibald. An absolutely great strike, but... Very lucky to get that goal. 100%. We did not deserve that. No, absolutely right. But what a superb goal it was. Oh, you amazing. don't save those. As soon as it left his boot, obviously we, we had one of the best views that you can have. Like we sit right behind, well, five rows behind where that ball yeah. has pinged into the top corner. As soon as he hit it, you knew like, the keeper won't get in there. Yeah. But great goal. Mass relief in the stands as well, I thought. Yeah. The full-time whistle went shortly after that as the O's salvaged the draw against another relegation rival thanks to another late goal. It's literally a copy and paste job from Tuesday night, that game. It absolutely was. So Matt Harold, we're not going to play his interview. That's available on the club's YouTube channel. Interestingly, though, I think that's the first of his three post-match interviews where he's kind of been a bit agitated. Not agitated, but not as supportive of the team. By saying it was, it was compared to Tuesday, wasn't as good, wasn't wasn't really good enough. I think he was honest enough to go. 
bit disappointed that after Tuesday. I expected a bit more. We didn't yeah. really take the momentum into into that game. And apart from the first five minutes, ten minutes of the second half, we didn't really do much mm. with the ball. I actually think Matt Howard deserves a lot of credit for that. For actually speaking Front, his mind. It. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. He made no bones about the fact that it wasn't good enough. He's not shied away from the fact that we're in a terrible situation. He's not shied away from the fact that there is a lack of confidence. There is a problem with the team. But, like he said, they are working hard to try and rectify it and try and make things better. And you can't ask for more than that. No, He's not saying what you want to hear. He's telling you what's actually happening, which is what you want to hear, if you understand the difference between the two. Yeah, and I know the one thing that I don't like about his interviews, and it's... The question has to be asked when David says, "Oh, Hartlepool next week. What's going on? Like, you expect to be manager?" And Howard's never going to say, "Yes, I, yes, I do," or "No, I don't." He always goes, "Oh, I don't know." I, from Probably a day-to-day business, I don't know. Yeah. But I just find that baffling. Like, I know he wouldn't say either way, but if he honestly doesn't know if he's coming or going, or doesn't know what he's working towards, then I think that's a massive, a massive hindrance to the club. Mm. Although I think he does really know. He obviously isn't saying because he can't pull it out there. Yeah. But. I don't know. If, if he really honestly doesn't know whether he's in charge next Saturday, I find that hugely concerning. Yeah, I agree with you. So, the league table then. Uh, so, sorry, Matt Harold's interview, as we say, is on the club's YouTube Absolutely. channel. We're not going to play that now. So, let's move on then to the league table. So, that draw sees us drop two places to 20th in League 2. As we've now played 33 games. We've draw, uh, won 7, drawn 14, lost 12. Still got a positive goal difference of minus six, which is worth another point. Absolutely. Given that the clubs around us have got minus goal difference, and we're on 35 points now. Yeah, I think the thing to take from the league table is that Oldham lost. So at half-time yesterday, we were, we were 20th, but yeah. all the teams from 20th to 23rd had the same amount of points. We've just been kept out of that by goal difference. However, Colchester went and won. Oldham went and lost, as Carlisle scored, like a last-minute goal, I think. So... We're four points ahead of Oldham, as it stands, with a much better goal difference. So we, it is a bit of light between us and them. But, you know, we still got to go to Oldham and we've still got Barrow at home. But there's still some big, big games, massive games. We've still got Scunthorpe at home as well. Some big, big games. Yeah. Big, massive games. They're all but gone, aren't they? They're on 24 points. I think Scunthorpe are probably gone. They got battered again um, yesterday, I think, if I remember rightly. So I can't see Scunthorpe getting out of it. But, you know, like Carlisle has shown, all we've got to do is win three games on the trot which they've done in a week, and they're, I think they're 17th now and, and got, are, got themselves a bit clear. They're 18th, yeah, 30. So they've got six yeah, six points between them and Oldham. Yeah, so a bit, a bit more breathing space. And, and, and before yeah. Simpson came in, three games ago, they were 23rd. Just shows you, if you get the right man in, yeah, that, and you get that new manager It's not going to take you right. much to get out of there. So, Bearded Lejande, your views on Stevenage. Yeah, I mean, look, there's, there's no sugarcoating it. That's, I think that's one of the worst games of football I've had the misfortune of witnessing, <laughs> to be honest with you. There's no passion, no desire. We look clueless. Coleman yesterday was poor beyond words, in my opinion. And I don't know why Matt Harold didn't take him off rather than Prattley at that point in time. We said it in the South Stand. Well, how comes Prattley's been taken off? Club captain, but not Ethan Coleman. I, I, I just didn't get it. I really didn't. When are the club announcing the new manager? We've obviously had that conversation already. And when does the inquest into how we've gone so drastically wrong take place? Why is that not happening now and trying to fix that now? Maybe it is, but I'm just not being told that. We just don't know because it's not being communicated. On today's performance, the only players I'd keep for next season, Rural Satoriu, Paul Smythe, Shadogi, and maybe Lawrence Vigarou. Oh, scathing. There's a, there's a question mark there because 
he's largely escaped criticism because he makes great saves to keep us in games. But some of the things that I've noticed him doing in the last few games is he's being really slow at distribution. He's holding on to the ball longer. We're trying to counter. We're trying to get up the pitch quicker. And he's taking so much longer to get the ball up the other end. This might sound bonkers. I think that's a tactic. Because if you remember when he first came to the club, he was literally ping, get his hands, boot up the pitch. I think that's a tactic. It doesn't make much sense to me why that's a tactic. But I think that's a tactic to try and get on Smith's nod. But Smith's always up there. Smith's bounce. We don't get it up. No, there. but to get people up alongside him. Because when, if you remember when Bigger first came, he was pinging him, literally pinging him to like the wing. Do you remember? Like he'd just ping it onto Sam Ling's head or he'd ping it onto Connor Wilkinson back in the day. I don't know why they've stopped doing that, but I think that's a club tactic. I wouldn't necessarily say that's that's Vigaru doing that off we're, his own back. We're worse for it. We are absolutely worse for it. I don't, we're worse I, for it. I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that at all. I just think that's the way that the club, the way the team play, isn't set up for Vigaru to distribute quickly. Which sounds, there, like, which sounds like absolute madness. There are players who are asking for the ball quickly, which is unusual given the lack of confidence that we've got. There are players saying, come on, I'll, I'll take it. And he's just... He's just holding on to it and, and then looking to ping it up to Harry Smith, who inevitably doesn't win the header and then turns over possession. Uh, just from what we see in the stand, the only positive that I took from yesterday is that we've played absolutely appallingly and still got a draw out of it and taken a point. The end. Could be a pivotal point. Could be a pivotal point. Know. Or if we go down by a point lost, then we'll be looking at going, well, that was, that was an opportunity to take all yeah. three. I mean... Yeah, strange game really. Not a classic game. I think, again, got to credit Ruel. Looking like he can make things happen. He looked dangerous at points and looked lively. Because I thought Be- Beckel struggled again. I mm. thought Omar Beckel's really struggled again yesterday. And like you, I can't believe Ethan Coleman stayed on the pitch for the full game. Especially when you're taking off Darren Prattley late on in the game. And Matt Young at half-time. I think Coleman really had a tough game yesterday. I think Coleman had easily his worst game in an Orient shirt. I didn't think we were going to equalise couldn't see it coming and it was always going to take like a bolt out of the blue like a classic goal like that we didn't batter like them in the second half didn't look like it was going to come didn't make their keeper really work in the second half no. after like the first five minutes of the half but a beautiful strike from Theo quite a lucky point I feel like most O's fans like you I'm just baffled we haven't got a manager in yet I know it's only 12 days since they sacked Kenny Jacket. But 12 days is a long time in football, especially when you've had three games in that amount of time. I'm baffled they haven't got one in. I just can't get my head around it. Surely this week they, they have to make an appointment. This is like your clean week, because this week they haven't got a midweek game. After this week, they've got Forest Green Rovers on the Tuesday. Surely you can't expect Harold to say it's a highly appointing Forest Green Rovers. Mm. All those strange things have happened in terms of... I still think we'll be going away on Forest Green Rovers, bizarrely. But Someone else said that to me as well. It'd be the most orient thing ever. It would be the most orient thing ever. But I, I just can't believe... Like, if wheels aren't in motion, and if that one outstanding candidate is Armin and Ari and saying, I'm not sure, Nigel, I, I don't know if I keep these boys up, then he's not your outstanding candidate. Goodbye, mate. Right, next. Move on. Who's number two? Yeah, baffling to me. But the positive for me is four points ahead of that relegation place. Superior goal difference, so it might as well be five points. Because that old and gold difference ain't going to switch around anytime soon. That's mm-hmm. well into your negatives. Mm-hmm. It's basically five points. Mm-hmm. So however empty your glasses, and believe me, mine's quite empty, although still car full, it's not the end of the world yet. I still think we're in a relegation battle. I'm not saying we're not. However, 
if you'd ask Oldham where they'd rather be, Scunthorpe where they'd rather be, or the teams below us where they'd rather be, they'd rather be an Orient's points course, tally, of course. like that. So, yeah. not great, but please, please appoint a bloody manager this week. <laughs> Yeah, but not on Monday. Your yes. views. So we had, a, <laughs> just for purely selfish reasons, Absolutely. a huge amount of feedback after this match. So thanks to everyone, again, who sent their views into our social media accounts. The conversations are still going on as we record this. So we'll read out uh, a select amount of ones that did come in because there's a lot of people saying the same thing. But just because we're reading them doesn't mean that we agree with them. Molly Folly 2019 kicks off this one says, playing Barrow and Oldham on the 26th and the 29th. That's our season. Need a managerial appointment this week. It's going to be quite a big week, that one. Peter Foreman too. Shockingly bad. Seriously, I hope that new manager was watching in person so that he alone can decide and see who is worthy of the badge and the support about the influence of those who are, quite frankly, stealing a living in football at this level. I mean, the days of a manager having to go to watch his team are probably long gone. Like If there's a manager, someone lined up, they could have easily been watching on the stream at home. Yeah, like they wouldn't have to necessarily be in that ground watching. So maybe, but you get better feelings for how. Oh, of course, are yeah, yeah, yeah. So Ron Sampson, fifteen, said second game running, we earned a point with a last gas goal against relegation rivals, but the club still needs a top to bottom clear out in the summer. Not only the players either could be a vital point at the end of the season. Absolutely, could be. SR Barber, nineteen eighty six, said terrible. Very clear, the majority of these players do not care if we get relegated or not. No passion, no urgency. And if we carry on playing like this, we will be down. I hope the new manager gives us the bounce. We need. I've got to say, I think most of the players in that squad are on two-year deals. Yeah. So people saying... They've got next season. People saying some are clearer. The ones that you want to stay... Well, you say that, but Martin Ning named at least seven or eight that are out of contract. There's probably about he, ten. He did. Ruel's out of contract in the summer. Uh so I thought Royal had another year. No, I thought he signed last year for two I'm, years. I'm pretty sure this is he signed in the summer of Embleton. Uh, and the ones who you want to stay, like Archibald, is obviously on loan. Tom James, although Mike said they were going to speak to him about yeah. an extension. So yeah, it'd be. I don't think you're going to. Craig Clay. I don't think you're going to see this massive, this massive summer clear out because if you've got contract, contracted players, There's loans going back, isn't there? New Blaze on loan, yeah. Blaze on loan. Thirty-one man squad. It's a lot of players. Yeah, with a lot of youth in that thirty-one man squad as well, arguably. So there's probably seven or eight youth in that. Yeah, that's which makes it which makes it a 23-24 man senior squad, right? With five or six of them being loaned. So actually, when you look at it, it's not that big a squad of first team. Um, Ryan Peanut said that was the worst performance I've seen in Orient in many years lucky to get a point but we've played the worst team in the league and got two the worst teams in the league and got two points yeah, that's a good point there well, should, have been six. should have been six yeah, yeah. Paul Ravens 39 not good enough two points from nine this week is unacceptable that's another way of looking at it two points from nine against three teams who are below you in the league isn't yeah, a great return great. is it right. we've fallen so far and the board are hugely responsible for this Carlisle sorted out their managerial situation quickly they beat us they've now beaten Oldham so I'm disgusted at the board and attitude yeah, I get where they, I get where he's coming from that. Orient Matt, he said, wallpapering over the cracks, still one of the worst performances I've seen since Tuesday. See, I don't think it does wallpaper over the cracks at all. The fact that the perform, everyone knows the performances have not been good. The fact that we've played badly and nicked the point from each of those games, I don't think paper's over any cracks. I think it does to a certain extent. I think had we lost yesterday, I think, it's, I think it all would have been doom and, doom and gloom yesterday. Like there's yeah, still a yeah, bit yeah. of positivity. If it had we lost, oh, it would have been catastrophic. Yeah, us, had right we lost, now. I think Stevenage would have. We would have been twenty first because Stevenage would have gone above us. 
in the league as well and it would have looked a lot a lot gloomier Vince Howard there, yep. 73 so pathetic too many players not looking at all interested just happy to smash it up the pitch I thought we'd push on after Tuesday how long I was Vince I hope you get better mate I know you're not well at the moment yep. wish you all the best right now wish podcast you a speedy recovery mate yeah Dave Danu said it's gone from that Adidas coat to potentially being reunited with those awful Jacko blue jackets I'm really starting to fear it <laughs> great tweet Dave like it Dave Ardy Manda this is a great... We've mentioned this already. What do they do all week? Unable to execute the basics of the game. Deserve nothing from today. Perfectly Spot on for me. Up. few yeah. words, but perfectly put. Yeah. yeah. Richie J. Bourne said, Thank God for the late goal. But in a game, we look for passion and leaders, and we ain't got that. Um, staying up is in the players' hands, but do they want it? There is no tomorrow. Need points now. Can't keep thinking. Next game. That's a good next point, because we keep going, oh, next game. Be right next game. Be right. Like... Those right. next games are running out swiftly, yeah. Jack, Will, 2-3-1-0. New to it handle to me. No energy, no fight, no leaders, shambles. Equaliser, only papers over the massive cracks. I think a few people have said, like, even though we scored the last minute equaliser, like, normally okay. you'd see, like, people go mental on the yeah. back of it. And people, don't get me wrong, people were celebrating, but it wasn't, like, a euphoric... So celebration the difference between the two games Colchester oh, yes, right, yes, yeah. and yesterday yeah. are absolutely stark like Tuesday night felt like a win yesterday felt yes meh. good point Completely yeah different. yeah I didn't come away feeling like we'd won that game but on Tuesday, Tuesday I felt like we'd won that yes, game good point yeah. that's the difference because we saw fight we saw passion we saw battle yeah. we saw hard work we saw them digging in we saw nothing but apathy from the players couldn't be bothered, didn't look look like look like they just turned up, like it'd been cobbled together. Wilco three hundred said thought Beckel's performance was a disgrace today, never moved out of second gear. Players who are not committed are not needed at this time. Paul Heather uh, sorry, Heatherson Paul said absolute shower of You know what poo poo. Uh, disgraceful running by the people at the top. Most clubs know who they wanted to get and appointed them straight away instead of messing about and wasting two weeks. Bloody get it sorted before it's too late. Yeah, Kevin Cowland. Theo's goal was out of context in that shambolic, shameful performance. In over 60 years supporting his club, I've seen some bad relegation sides, but this one is one of them. Someone should be accountable for the six window signings. None of them are league standard. We're going down. Now, it's when people like Kevin Cowland, who's normally one of the most positive Orient fans out there, or has been historically since we've been doing the podcast anyway he's turned his hope is gone I told you we need to know about the majority of the fan base in our world anyway yeah when you've got the, the ever optimists turning then you know you're in a bad place yeah. uh, good point Poplar32 said four points out of the last 39 seems to indicate it was a normal performance no midfield hoofball and Stevenish looked the more threatening going forwards not sure what has gone so wrong the sad thing is there is now a divide between fans and the board, which under Justin wasn't there. I really can't see this improving. And if we go down, it will only get worse. If we stay up, will it be the same rubbish, but just under a different manager? Yeah, better late and never. So positives, but well, not many, except we kept going until the end and were saved by one strike from fear. But negatives, well, where do you start? Shocking defensive mistakes, no leadership. And someone has replaced Beckles with a hologram. <laughs> Stroud Greeno said, I'm prepared to cut players some slack when it comes down to fundamental lack of ability. We can vent our anger at the transfer committee for that. But what I can never forgive are the gutless performances lacking in any spirit or fight with nobody stepping up to lead. Bang on the money. 
I can take losing yeah. as long as we've tried our hardest. We're not seeing that at the moment. That's a great tweet. Thank you to tweet. Chris for sending that one. One Adam Conway. So I would love to know how is it possible that other clubs with lower budgets, fan base and investments seem to have acted far more mm. decisively than Orient. We are flowing with a desperate trapdoor here and we seem to be nowhere near a new man in charge. Good great point, tweet. Adam. Great tweet, that. Daniel underscore D44. Vital last-minute goals... Uh, sorry, two vital last-minute goals in a row, but two points out of the last three games is terrible. Carlisle was second bottom when we played them three games ago, but now 17th and seven points clear of the drop. And our midfield was shocking, and I don't see how it can be fixed. Good point. Midfield was very, very poor yesterday. Gareth, JM said, absolutely crucial point, but almost annoyed we got away with that. As a reception, the players got at the end ended up being much better than they deserved. That was a terrible performance. We made a really bad team look very comfortable for almost the whole game. Yeah, I mean, Stevenage aren't, from my perspective anyway, a good team. But we made them look good. We made Carlisle look good last Saturday. We made Colchester look like a good attacking team on Tuesday night. These all teams are like below us in the league. You know, one of them's going to get out of the Football League. And we're making them look like amazing teams. Yeah, absolutely. LDP King said, No manager, no direction, no style of play, no design, no characters. The list goes on. Never felt this connected this disconnected with the team. If these owners don't have the answers, get someone in the football industry that does. Lynn cannot control it all. As a club, we will never go forwards. Good point about feeling disconnected. I think most of us feel disconnected. I can't put my, I think I said this last week, I can't put my finger on it. Like we're there, we're watching them play. I understood it last year when we weren't there and you're watching it on the stream. Yeah, right. I can't quite understand why we aren't feeling connected to these players because you're not seeing them try hard you're I think not you're seeing probably them play right. the shirt so therefore you think they can't be bothered I can't be bothered I think you're probably it's right a, it's a two way street yeah I think you're probably you right want, you want the fans to be singing for you they need to see you working for sweating their shirt for that shirt yeah. because they'll be gone in a year for some of them some of them will be gone in three months time we'll still right? be here when their contract's gone but we will still be here next year and the year after that, and then the next generation, and the generation after that. Yeah, good point there. Bearded Lejande. Ewan Carter, 23, said this is relegation form. Three months and we haven't won a game. What was the point of sacking Jacket from the board? It's a total mess from top to bottom. Gorillas, 1985, said first game of the season, the club has no leaders or a voice. The only player was Smythe that tried to G up the team. Great goal by Theo, but why did we play him on the right wing? When he has no right foot, midfield did nothing all game. Oh well, at least I got to see a score two goals. I think the thing with Theo is was that he cut in, like Dean Cox used to do. He used to cut in on the opposite flank, cut across, and then shoot a goal. Yeah, I think it was the obvious place to put him in. Can't place. It. Yeah, could have switched it could've completely. Switched it Essex Biz was actually at a game. Been at two <laughs> games this week. The Giddy Heights. Well done, John. <laughs> so we'll take the point. Paper over the cracks, more like a canyon. An abysmal performance. I felt for Coleman so out of his depth and whoever thought it was a good idea to pay a fee for him is totally out of their minds. No direction, no leadership, serious lack of quality. And what's the point in bringing Smith on if you're going to hit long balls at him? We've got to play to the strengths of our better players to stand any chance of getting out of this mess. True. New manager has to be appointed on Monday. Mr. McIntyre, I think you make many great appointments in your tweets to us. Though. Yeah, Ed Jones, 1976, said, Theo's goal marks one of the worst performances I've seen by an O-side. Think we may be going down. Took too long to rid Kenny Jacket and too long to appoint a replacement, especially with these last three games being so vital. Board and players have a lot to answer for. No leadership on or off the pitch. George Bazanti said, Oldham, blowing the chance to catch up with us was the saving grace. If we stay yeah. up, it will largely be down to those below us not being good enough or taking their chance to leap from us because we seem incapable 
doing the job ourselves. A la 2011-2012 season when we stayed up just because of other teams being a bit worse than us. Boggs Dollocks one said, why did Archibald only ever receive the ball with the defender up his backside facing his own goal until late in the game? What a waste of one of our best players and one who gives a damn as well. <laughs> Nicely done there. So two expletives in that tweet. Well done lucky to Lucky I highlighted there. them because <laughs> I nearly missed it. <laughs> Host Van Basing said, so lucky to get a point. That was terrible. We have just no midfield to create anything or to stop anyone. Our first goal was miles offside. The second was a great strike, but something we didn't deserve would Young, Coleman, Prattley, Beckles were all terrible. Got to say, I don't like picking on young players, but I thought Ethan Coleman... Appalling. It was appalling. Connor Wood was terrible as well. Yeah, a lot of them had really bad days. Simple things. Misplaced really bad passing, days. not meeting their mat, nothing. Running, giving up the ball, getting shoved off the ball easily. This is Ethan Coleman. It's terrible. Woody not being able to cross properly, not defending, switch it. Oh, it's just awful or everywhere. There's something fundamentally wrong in the mentality of the players at the moment. I don't know how you fix it. Ian Hutchinson 08 said, hard watch today. No passion, no leadership on no leadership on the pitch. No will to win. Just too many going through the motions. We looked relegated already. And someone needs to re uh, sorry, someone needs to ruffle some feathers with this great bunch of lads camp. Why do we need to wait for the added time to go for it? I think that's another good point about someone needs to rub with some feathers. That's why when you hear names like Steve Evans or pretty unlikable people, when you're like, oh, really? Who, again, there's no inkling that they're, they're being spoken to, but when people say that, you're like, actually, I wouldn't mind a manager like that coming in. Someone who's going to tell it like it is and be a bit old school about it and go, you think you can play like that for me? No chance. Either you buck up your ideas or you ain't playing. Yeah. Because a few of them, I think, think they're guaranteed. all performing like they're guaranteed, regardless of what happens. And some days you look and go, hopefully this player or that player might get left out of the team. But as it stands, it's probably half that team know they're getting picked for the next game, regardless of whether they play ten out of ten or four out of ten, mm. because they just know there's no pressure on them from the rest of the squad. That's right. That's it's a completely exactly wrong right. way to look at it, but Correct. good point there. Yeah, I like that one. Tom D Simmons underscore Tom with the penultimate tweet. This one, so it makes the time the Kenny Jacket second look even more of a farce. You've been the man with 20 years experience and 950 games only to now find virtually nobody seems to want to touch a job with a barge pole I feel sorry for both Harold and the fans we've all been sold short final word goes to Andy underscore PO16 who said we're not even sleepwalking towards the National League we're marching straight past every other club tipping our hat as we go it's an absolute shambles. So some very, very emotive tweets this week. Lots of them in. If we haven't mentioned yours, we do apologise. But if we have, let us know if you've agreed or disagreed with any tweets that have been read out this evening. You can do that by tweeting us at Orient Outlook. You can also email us orientoutlook at outlook.com or you can give us a Facebook message at Orient Outlook Podcast or you can also give us an Instagram follow or a message at orient underscore outlook underscore podcast and although there were lots of tweets they were all ones that came into us and tagged us at Orient Outlook so thank you to everyone who has done so so let's move on to the Prediction League update which is sponsored by Carol Langley Flores we've had loads of predictions for this match but nobody not one person correctly predicted the two all scoreline so it's Neil Poir awarded and the top of the table sits as follows so congrats at Wadsey still top with 20 points 19 points is Dan Alton 2590 and at Leighton Ori. 18 points is Nino underscore Barone and 16 points at Parksy 1881. So thanks to everybody 
who sent their predictions into us. Yeah, let's move on into Sunday, the 6th of March, the day we record this episode. And Harry Smith somehow made it into the Sky Bet League 2 team of the week. Now, I don't know. We had lots of tweets saying, how has that happened? We don't know. We don't know what it's done on. We're also two of you. Wouldn't have been a surprise. Obviously, played two this week, scored two goals. only credible one. But we were saying, Smith... Played two. He's played in both games. To be fair yeah. to him, he's not scored in any. No. He's not got any assists as far no. as we know. Not no nothing vital that he's done <laughs> no. in any game that would warrant him being on anybody's radar. No disrespect to Harry Smith, yeah. but that should have been Ruel Satori. Absolutely. Maybe they made the mistake. Maybe they did. So well done, Harry Smith. Congratulations to Ruel Satori. And I guess we'll see what happens with future team of the week. Yeah, so the ladies' team were in action at Brisbane Road against Alexandra Park as goals from Eve Pearson and a double from Leanne Bates. Put the O's 3-0 up by half-time. Second half saw goals from Bianca Karadi, Casey Manley, Bobby Ellison and a double from sub Jackie Wilson. Made it 8-0 before Alexandra Park scored a consolation goal and finished the match with eight, as 8-1 eight winners. So well done to the ladies. Yeah, yeah, fabulous yeah. scoreline there. Well it's really done. up and down at times, isn't it, uh, with their scores, I've noticed. I mean, we, we, I've not been able to get to the games, but it's either an 8-0 thrashing or a... I think it's, when they play in the league, they smash it. I think the friendlies, when they play high-quality teams, I think they have more problems with mm, But fair. great result there. Well eight goals. The ladies, eight yeah. goals in a game. Imagine that. Well done, ladies. So at one hour, Imagine 28 a minutes. Even a win. <laughs> Good point. One hour, 28 minutes, 35 seconds. Let's wrap this bad boy up. Fantasy Football Update. Jack Merritt is top of the Orient Outlook podcast, Fantasy Football League. I think he's won it. I don't think anyone's going to catch him. 961 points. Nine, head of James Durkan. 1961. 1961 yeah. points. James Durkan trading behind on 1865 points. I'm oh, that's 100 point in lead. 179th place. Tough. I think Jack is going to win this, but it's not over. Until the fat lady sings. So positives and negatives of the week. Amazingly, we've got as many positives as we have negatives. So, Mr. Levy, I'll let you do the positives. And okay, the so we've scored four goals in two games. That has to be seen as a positive. 100%. We are conceding goals, but now we are also <laughs> scoring goals, which balances it out a bit. Because previously, we'd concede a goal, lose the game. Yeah, Because absolutely. we couldn't we couldn't get a goal back. Jeff Tatanga, take a bow. Congratulations yeah, well on making your... Football League debut this week. Paul Smith's back. Massive. Good to see Paul Smith. Massive, back. Massive game-changing difference uh, for us. Theo Archibald's goal against Stevenage. Con- you know, contender for goal of the month, depending on how the rest of the, the, the month goes. Already, you've got yeah. four candidates for, for goal of the month already. So, already, if, there's an actual well, valid competition there. Ruel's goal. Good shout, yeah. Good in cook, yeah. Colchester and Theo's. So, yeah. Dave, you'll get your money's worth out of this one. Uh, as 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 sponsor of this and Ruel's two goals in two games. Yeah, so, so we've got a bit of an informed striker. Five positives, only four negatives. Could be a lot more, but let's just take him as we see him. So negatives, we can see there's some very very poor goals this week. I think we can all uh, agree agree on that. on that one. Yeah, second of all, our league position. So even though we're still quite hopeful, twentieth place, but we are serious relegation contenders. So a third negative was yesterday's performance against Stevenage. I think you can tell from the tweets and our reactions and most other fans' reactions on social media wasn't the best of performances. Not Very lucky to get a point. And the last negative, probably the biggest one uh, for me anyway, is no new manager and no new signs of one coupled with no communication or no official communication from the club. All a bit strange. Nigel's over, so you imagine Nigel being hopefully interviewing or doing a lot of managerial work this week. I can't imagine he would have planned to come over for that one soulless game. 
in the middle of a game, a week where there's no other football going on. So hopefully he's here to appoint someone. He came over later. earlier in the week, so he might have been at Colchester. Oh, okay. So, All right. Nigel, hopefully you get yeah. your man, get who you want. As I say, you either offer it to the guy who's the outstanding candidate, and if he doesn't want it, to then to go do one, get someone who does want it. I'll That's take right. it. Me and the bid of Lejande will take it all Russell day long. Russell Slade, throwing it out there. The Carol Langley Florist Hero of the Week. Finally, we have a first-team player who is <laughs> awarded the Hero of the Week status. And without further ado, pleased to say it's Ruel Satorio. Yeah, well done, No Ruel. surprises. Two goals, two games, good performances. Yeah, not worth a Twitter competition this week. It was just a standalone winner. So that's why we didn't put it to Twitter. Well done, Ruel. Hopefully, we speak about many more games and goals coming up for you this season. So next week's fixtures in. Next week, just one fixture as we go up the road, up north to Hartlepool United. We're there on Saturday, the 12th of March. They beat Harrogate away 2-1. They're in good form at the moment. They are currently 12th in League 2. In their last five games, they've won three, drawn one, lost one. They signed a great deadline day deal with Omar Bogle on loan. He's really given their Doing front line. so well. Give, that's exactly the player we should have been exactly. going after. He's given their front line a new lease of life. Doing really well. It'll be a tough game for the A's, but will new man be there to take charge? Let's hope so. Who knows? Don't hold your breath. So, thanks very much indeed. <laughs> uh, just a quick sponsorship reminder for the best plastering and rendering price around. Visit AJF Plastering on Facebook or at Big Ads LOFC on Twitter for all your plastering and rendering needs. Yeah, so that is it. Thanks to everyone for joining us for episode 276 in a week that's seen the O's face two relegation rivals, scoring two late goals getting two points this week. And although results could have been worse, they could also have been much better along with their performances. So with no managerial appointment made so far, Matt Harold, as we know anyway, as everyone knows at the moment, will have a week on the training ground with the squad to get them ready for the weekend's game of heart that Paul Woody owes. We'll be looking for a better performance and the three points, which hopefully we'll be able to talk about for you all next week don't hold your breath on that though but good luck to Matt and the team if you're listening on iTunes please subscribe please give our podcast a 5 star rating and review and again on whatever platform you get your podcast from we'd be very grateful to you if you're listening on SoundCloud Spotify TuneIn and Stitcher add us to your favourites and that way you'll have all the podcasts available as soon as we upload them and the ratings do help people to find us to be able to listen to uh, news about Orient as well so that would be very very helpful if you could we're also on smart speakers and we're on the fan engagement at fan hub which is brilliant listening so the podcast couldn't be easier to get your hands on if you've got an older relative a loved one an Orient chum someone who has a passing interest in Orient uh, who you think wants to be kept up to date with uh, what's going on at the club grab their phone help them download it and pass on the pod yeah so we'll be back with episode 277 next week I think it'll be a shorter episode next week with only the one game but hopefully maybe talk about new manager so we look forward to hearing from you and as always keep calm stay safe have a great week and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast up the O's (laughs) 